Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast. In immersive sound design. The devastating loss of Zev Lovex's brother, Subrock, compounded with the issues that they were having with Elektra during the production of Black Bastards, actually led to the dissolving of KMD's deal with Elektra. Here's Lord Jamar of Brand Nubian to share some insight. I just remember hearing, yo, he passed and something about in traffic or something, like got hit by a car or something like that, is that right? What I heard is that this was a game or something? Well, that's what had come to me down the wires. Is something about running across the highway, playing a highway game or something, I don't know, and got hit by a car and killed, and it was just like, whoa. Like, um, you know, I think of his little face right now, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, damn, you know, cause they're not just group members. I'm like, that's his little brother. Like, you know what I mean? So immediately when I heard about it, <clears throat> of course, my heart went out to Sub Rock, you know, rest in peace to him. But my heart definitely went out to his older brother. Like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, damn. You know? And, and, and you wonder, how does a person, where do they go from there? You know what I mean? Like, where do they go from there? Because for some people, all of this um, fame and, and notoriety and, you know, supersedes everything. You got motherfuckers that, you know, lose their moms in the morning and is playing in a championship game that night. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. So... Yeah, I don't know if the game's that important to me. Like, um, but then, but you wonder, you know. So, damn, is he gonna, you know, just pick himself straight up and just keep going? And then it's kind of seemed like he didn't, you know. It kind of seemed like you didn't hear, you know, and it was understandable. Like, you know, it was like, damn. I have no idea when they got dropped, but, you know, at some point, you know, a lecture was, you know, I guess dropping a lot of people like, uh, yeah, we got dropped at some point, right? Sadatex so felt that perhaps the issues Brand Nubian had with Electra Records could have played a part 
and KMD being dropped as well. Here's Sadat X to explain. With KMD's Black Bastard, I think maybe they might have caught some flack off of our back about, because see, when we came out, we was able to slip a lot of things through that Electra didn't know about at first. And then uh, once we got it out there, the backlash came. You know, they shut down the, um, shut down one of our videos. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, certain lyrics got censored and they found out some of the content we was talking about. And I think they got scared. And uh, when they came with that Black Bastard, that was kind of like a direct thing, you know, like the album cover and everything. And I think, I think basically they got scared, you know, and at that time it was a lot of movies coming out. Spike was putting all these movies out. There was a high level, a high level of consciousness going around. And uh, I think some of the, the higher ups got kind of scared at that. Zev Love X is now dealing with a dissolved record contract and reeling from the tragic death of his brother. Cotty and Curious George were both there with him. Here's Cotty to explain. Yeah, so from from my memory, when did he start to make music again after Sub Rock's passing is, to me, I don't, I don't remember there being a break, a hiatus or anything like that. Uh, my memory serves as just us probably having a couple of days to trying to, you know, just try and get over it by drinking the pain away and, you know, talking and trying to figure out the next step. But uh I feel like it was right back to music, though, especially for like a doom. Like, it's just like, all right, I got to get back in my music and probably made some rhymes dedicated to sub, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't I don't remember like after sub passing, like, oh, I didn't see doom for three months. So I didn't see him for I don't remember that. I remember like, you know, moving forward as best as possible, but still moving forward. You know what I mean? Like more in the memory of Sub now. Now I already was upset trying to continue forward and move forward from the Peach Fuzz and make this new album and basically this album's complete. I'm trying to put it out. Now this shit happens and now it's like, now I got to really regroup even more. Like now it's bigger than like the corporate and the business now is like personal. So now I'm regrouping for life, for business to feed the seeds. But I'm also dealing with the loss of like my twin, my fucking best friend, my, you know? So, so I just remember like going back to music and, um, and just trying to keep moving forward. And luckily again, that, uh, that there was that collective coming through the high row and, um, and, uh, you know, and uh, just trying the beat nuts and just and, and Prince, Prince being there all the time. And we just doing, just trying to continue to do music, you know? Here's Curious George on the changes Zev Lovax was feeling about the loss of his brother, DJ Subrock. When, uh, when Subrock died, of course, that was, you know, that was big, you know, for Doom, you know what I'm saying? Like, just... Super disappointment, super, you know, just unbelievable, super um, melancholy. I mean, Doom's already kind of low-key, but you saw him get even more, you know? You saw the, you know, the, there's a couple more bottles of Henny now, a couple more 40s, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and um, he, he, we talk, he'll talk about it, and he'll put a positive spin on it from a, like a metaphysical standpoint, and he'll kind of stay there. 
but you know he's feeling the human aspects of the pain and the missing his bro, you know what I mean? So I know, you know, of course, there's only that, but I could see it in him. Some of my friends, you know, they'd be like, damn, what's up? Like, you could just see him, you know, you know, understandably just heavier, but, um, but still working. During the interview of Ben Klingon, a.k.a. Ben Grimm, Ben speaks of doom in the present and uses terms like vil, the villain, or the mask. For the sake of clarity during his interview, we wanted you to know that anytime he talks about the vil, the villain, or the mask, he's referring to Zev Lovex and his dear friend, MF Doom. Here's Ben Grimm, a.k.a. Ben Klingon, on Doom's changing demeanor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Bill's demeanor when and after Subrock died, as you could imagine, would be the demeanor of anyone losing the closest person to them. So that speaks for itself. I would only be able to say that his demeanor was that of what you would expect someone's demeanor to be in a situation like that. But I will tell you that overall, Bill Bill is a recluse, like in a sense, in many ways. So if you would look at him right now, you'd be like, yo, his demeanor is like, he's, you know, he's kind of not to himself, but you know, he's a more laid back dude that doesn't really, he's not like, you know, how New Yorkers are, you know what I mean? And so, I, I wouldn't say that it was much different when and after Subrock died than it's been for the rest of the years that 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 we've been family. It was it's, it was different. It was a bit different, but it, it's in that same direction. If I may. Prince Power Rule talks about how Grimm and Doom collaborated and came up with the MF moniker and started to release music into the world independently through the underground hip hop circuit in New York. And of course, on Stretch and Bobbito's KCR 89 Tech 9 radio show. And how Zev Love X, now MF Doom, started to become more reclusive. My memories of Doom after his brother died was, um, he still was in 6G all the time. The Bobbito thing came a little bit after that. And when Bobbito had footwork downtown, and then he had uh, the Fondalum Records thing. And, you know... We're proud of Bob and everything, but you know, uh, you know, on, on a hip hop level, we thought Bob was bugging half the time. You know what I'm saying? We just be like, yo, why you like that wild, spaced out shit and stuff like that? And you know, I remember Bob saying that he's gonna put out a Doom record. But see, what I'm trying to remember is because um, you know, Stretch had Dolo Records. So I used to work up there with Stretch and we had the office on Broadway in Houston. One of the first records that Stretch, uh, Stretch uh, pressed up was MF Doom and MF Grimm. Now Grimm was also one of Doom's real tight boys. And you know, unfortunately, you know, Percy Grimm, you know, ended up getting shot and he ended up in a wheelchair. But I think they came up with that MF Monica together. Uh, MF Grimm and MF Doom. I, I think it was sort of, it was sort of like a partnership there. 
So um, I remember those records first before Bobito put out Doomsday. I don't know which one came first. I'm not sure about my dates, but I remember the MF Grimm and the MF Doom album. And I also remember that I never seen Doom come by the office, not even once. He never came to the office. So, you know, he was still living that sheltered lifestyle. You wouldn't even see Doom out in public at any party or anything like that. Doom always was just reserved and doing his own thing. You know, it's just like he had this whole secret life going on. Here's MF Doom's former rhyme partner and Dolo Records label mate, MF Grimm, to explain how the MF name came to pass. The origin of the name MF started really at Curious House. I initiated the MF, but Doom equally created it and elevated it. He went, he took it to wherever I couldn't take it, like to shit that I'll never do. But yeah, we really thought about that up in um, Curious House. Curious House was like our our um, incubator, man. Like that was, you know, Clubhouse. Yeah, we just decided to do it, and we just caught, we thought of a bunch of names. You know, of course, his Metal Fingers, Metal Face. Um, he had a whole bunch. He would say like um, Monkey, Monkey Feet. He would he would just think of crazy shit, man. And mine was Mad Flow. Um, multiple frequencies, Manhattan's finest motherfucker, you know, and we just kept doing that. And um, yeah, it, it was just, it was an honor. It's an honor to share the same name as him. And hey, I mean, he made it immortal. Like, you immortalized the name, man. Like, there's people that still don't even know the fuck I am, which is cool. As long as they know Doom, I'm like, you know, they be like, uh, I, if they say MF, they go, oh, MF Doom. I'm like, yeah, yeah, MF Doom. <laughs> MF Doom. That's all you need to know. You know, that's love. That's just blessings, man. Sasha Cohen, he went by MF. He got it from Doom. MF Borat. For stuff like that to take place, it's like, come on, man. That's that's a blessing, man. Curious George expands on the change from Zev Love X to MF Doom. And I remember kind of when the style switched, like when he went kind of from Zevlovex to that Doom delivery that's a little bit more, um, you know, it's like conversational, it's like more a little deeper. It's not as animated, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of more inside, like a host, like a comic book host, like it's kind of, you know, and he, and I remember him spitting it to me, spitting around to me in the street, like we was by the Lucy store, and he's doing it in that inflection, like that tone, and I was, in, and I was like, yo, it's weird, it just sounded weird because you're outside, so usually people outside, yo, one, two, y'all rock the mic, you know, this is da da da, you know, but he's like, you know, villain, stop, villain, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it's like, whoa, like it, it took me back for a second, but I was like, yo, that, that was kind of ill, and then, you know, because it's doom, you're gonna always know that there's something to it. You're like, yo, I gotta hear that again or stuff, because he always, there's always, you know, it's always substance right there. So I remember hearing that and getting the first taste of that, and then, just only to see that shit go crazy, you know, later. Oh, yeah. The CM fam, as I explained in last week's episode, was a group of MCs and producers. But part of the allure that attracted Doom in the first place had to do with the fact that this was a crew with roots established in the hip-hop culture. They were friends, they were family, and they were a creative unit. Then there is a bit of discrepancy on its origins. Here's Lord Sear to explain. 
CM Fam is not Constipated's Monkey. I'll tell you that much. It's the name of the album cover. I'll break that down to you. CM started with Cotty. He used to write Erotica. Uh, I've always, with weird in, in, in years, doing this rap shit and graffiti, I always mixed and matched and mixed people together. And it comes out good, like a, a Siri Chubby Gumbo. And then it became more musical because, you know, like nice old DJ, then Cotty, you know, Cotty, you know, I know where I rap, but, you know, because Cotty, he's a fan, he's fan for life. You got um, Souls of Mischief, you got Artifacts, you got H2O, but that's not even there, you know what I mean? Beat Nuts, but that's going through tour and like meeting people and putting people down. Just on the strap, you know? Jungle Brothers. You can say tipping them, but you know, you don't really see tip that much. But yeah, definitely Jungle Brothers and De La Soul. They, they don't know it, but they are CM. You know, they can't find. It's um, a lot of just CM, um, Cookies and Milk, Criminal Minded. It's from the Boogie Down Productions album, Criminal Minded. We did, of course he did wild shit, wild niggas and beat niggas up. We played Criminal Minded was our anthem. So, you know, just CM like, um, crazy motherfucker. I wouldn't want to say the other part, you know, but, but yeah, that's CM, uh, you know. It's not Cash Money Records, none of that. Yeah, that's in 86, 87. Okay, try to Cash Money though. Here's Cotty's take on the CM Famalam's origins. So the origin of the CM fam started with me. I made up the name. It was a graffiti crew. It was not constipated monkeys. It stood for criminal minded because this is when I was in the streets heavy and just not even not meaning a drug dealing street. I'm talking about just break dancing on every corner. I'm talking about writing graffiti, racking up paint at Pearl Paint, wherever I can steal paint, making mops. For those of you who don't know, we're just taking a deodorant, popping the ball out, taking an eraser from the classroom, folding it, putting it in there, putting ink in it until you rock it, you close it, and you when you tag it's tripping. That's a mop. That's one in many ways. So I'm talking about those days in the street, like just with the culture, living hip hop to the fullest. So I came up with a crew for graffiti. Later on, as we were hanging out and all that, then it came because of Curious, Curious, couldn't do, uh, whatever, Curious George, because of his name. I don't remember who named it. I don't know if it was Bob or Sake, whatever. So he, I think he, somebody named him Curious George. I don't remember who it was, but, um, but then I think it was something with the with the the book, the the, the cartoon, Curious George the Monkey. So I think with Columbia you couldn't really clear it or something, so it had to be curious, whatever. So that's where the constipated monkeys came into play instead of criminal minded, the graffiti crew. It it, it got switched up because oh curious George, oh, so the constipated monkeys and the constipated monkeys was any of us. It was domes of uh, school, uh, um Sub rock. It was anybody. It was the crew, and because you know we was next on deck, constipated. But Curious George and constipated monkeys. It would kind of be like saying uh, Fifty Cent and G Unit. You know what I'm saying? That kind of idea. That was basically where the CM came from. But I I started it, and it was from graffiti, and then it became cool with us with the with the music. Like ah, oh, no, it's CM. But CM, everybody that knows knows that it's really a graffiti crew. And we used it also for the music. There was a gravity to the CM fam that in a sense gave Doom a new home, so to speak. Not only Doom, but many others as well. Here's Ben Klingon to explain. Um, I think I think the uh, 
the, the thing that brought artists like Hyro and everybody to kind of our, 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 you know, to them cribs, to George's crib, Cotty crib, you know, Bill's crib, where it was at, you know, was the fact that the Upper West brothers and, and, and brothers from that section and that section of Harlem, they just relatable to a lot of people. Like, you know, I, I, and this may be just my opinion, but aside from the music and that we all had like things that I mentioned about, you know, being exposed to these things that we're exposed to as far as the key records and, and the different artists that's come out of, our, out of our area and the Rocksteady, you know, crew coming out of our area is that when you look at our neighborhood and the diversity of our neighborhood, it's always been that diverse, okay? And when you have, in my opinion, you have diversity and you have children growing up in a diverse situation like that, and it's just, you know, it's it's Benetton store right here on my corner and then the projects is four blocks up, you know what I'm saying? But with that type of exposure, you know, you have a more of an open-minded mindset to the children. And I think when we made music, we may have, may not, I don't know, have reached more people, been more relative to more people, or are even needing us. And just, you know, seeing what type of people we were, we were, you know, we were being able to be relative to more people because of the diversity that we grew up around. So I think that's part of the reason why, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, they listen to George freestyling, and they, they in Cali, they hear George freestyling, like, yo, that kid is nice. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's the culture, you know, when you get to meet the dude, and you're like, yo, the dude is cool as hell. Like, oh, all right. And we're not really, you know, we're not stuck on one thing. We've been exposed to a lot of different things that they put our whole lives. So now this new iteration of the young man I met as Daniel Dumoulet, who went from Art to Zevlov X, and now MF Doom is complete. Bobito Garcia had an independent label that was a perfect fit at a perfect time for the world to be introduced to MF Doom. It was natural, and it was a much needed outlet for the creativity to flow. Here's Curious George. He'd be on my on our block all the time, so of course he knows Bob. And uh, I guess you know Bob had to was doing the label, and I guess that independent hip hop that was some new shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they they you know they worked it out. Like they they linked up and they came with that deal and they they did it. Somebody I don't know if it was Ben. Ben was like, yo, you you know like you made that happen. Like you was like, yo, why don't you? Or Bob said that. And once again, bro, I, you know, that was a long time ago. Like, I really don't remember, but somebody said that I did, and I believe it, but, it, but you know, I don't know. Bob said that, Ben, one of them was like, yo, you, but I, I mean, it's a natural connection because he's he's on 97th Street. Bob Bob is at Def Jam. Bob knows search, Bob knows people, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah. So it's just what happened anyway. It just happens, yeah. On the next episode of Did I Ever Tell You The One About MF Doom, we explore the mystique, the beats, the music, and the personalities that came to live and inhabit apartment 6G uptown. We will talk to the people that lived there, the artists that inhabited it, and what they remember was a magical time in New York hip hop, and certainly a magical time for MF Doom and the CM fam. Join us next week on Did I Ever Tell You the One About MF Doom? Did I Ever Tell You the One About MF Doom podcast is a timeless podcast company production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron, Michael Barron, and Eric DJ Eclipse Win. Co produced and mixed by Brett Epignazer. Sound design and sound editing by Nick D.
Diggler Davila, Research Director Miles J. Barron, Senior Creative Director Martin Norton for Poison Pen Graphics, Graphic Design Director Shai Harari for H1 Media, Featuring Ben Klingon, Dell of the Hieroglyphics Crew, Mbaza Dumale, Dinko D of Leaders of the New School, Graham Poopa Maxwell, Jason DeMarco, Just Blaze, Curious George, Cotty, Lionel the Vid Kid Martin, Lord Jamal, Lord Seer, Miles Brown, MF Grimm, Milo from Leaders of the New School, Onyx the Birthstone Kid of KMD, Prince Power Rule, Ralph McDaniels, Talib Kwali, Tanji Dumale, Tom Brown, Wild Child, Yasin Bey, and Young Guru. Special thanks to the city of Long Beach, Mark Healy and the Rockaway Wave, Far Rockaway Queens, New York, Brandon G, Tom Wheelie, Ben King, Stephen S. Sidman, and Video Music Box. Timeless podcast sound design voiceover, Tembisa Mashaka. Music cues and scoring for this podcast have been provided by Portal. That's P-R-T-L. Music comes in all vibes, so lo-fi should too. Welcome to Portal, the world's first lo-fi music in all genres for all types of music fans. Whether you love hip-hop, reggaeton, country, alt-rock, EDM, or even basso, Portal has lo-fi vibes to match your music tastes. Find Portal on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you listen to lo-fi. Portal. P-R-T-L. Lo-fi for every vibe.